Hello everybody, Matt Hardman here with the Race Nerd Podcast, coming to you from the mobile studio via CKCC Radio, the plethora of programming. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for all of you who have listened to the last 99 episodes, as this is our centennial episode. Man, and what a centennial episode it is, a very historic Not just a historic episode in the history of the Race Nerd Podcast, but a very historic uh, subject that we're covering, which is NASCAR's all-star race held at the one and only North Wilkesboro Speedway. And there was, it was an amazing, amazing weekend. I was there for all three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, before I get to um, really talking about the weekend, uh, because this is going to cover pretty much the entire show, uh, I do want to send a special thank you to all you listeners over the course of this show. The show's not going anywhere. The mobile studio may go, but the show is not going anywhere. And I really want to thank you all for it because it makes uh, doing this show, it gives me a reason to do it. Um, So thank you. Uh, Also thank you to Chris O'Mealy and Dan Peck, the minds behind CKCC Radio. Uh, There's a lot of work that that is done behind the scenes. And these two fine gentlemen um, are the ones that we have to thank for that. Um, So... Thank you to them. Um, And uh, if anybody is listening, you know, I don't think Marcus Smith nor um, nor Dale Jr., sorry, Dale Jr. or or even um, the fine folks in um, the communities of Wilkesboro and North Wilkesboro will hear this, but thank you. Thank you because um, being able to see a race at North Wilkesboro Motor Speedway has long been on my bucket list of things um, to do involving racing. Um, And not only was I able to mark that off with a lot of hard work, by everybody involved with bringing North Wilkesboro back from the ashes uh, like a phoenix or like Lazarus. Uh, this was this was certainly... Um, I was able to check off multiple things on my bucket list, and um, I'll, I'll talk about those in detail. But this was just a very amazing weekend, and, and special, special thanks to a friend of the show and my closest personal friend, Ed Ballow, um, for, you know, not only kicking around the idea of going to North Wilkesboro if it ever reopened, but helping make sure that that did happen. Um, because this was not just uh, a goal and a bucket list item of mine, it was his as well. So thank you to all of those, all those fine, fine people. But man, like I said, this is definitely a bucket list item. And we were there all three days. We were there from truck series practice uh, all the way through to the point where we saw um, 
Caitlin Larson shotgunning a beer in victory lane. Spoiler alert. Kyle Larson wins. Um, so let, let's just get right down to it. Um, you know, Friday we get to the track. Um, very, very well done. Very good resto, uh, restoration of the historic facility. Um, for those of you who haven't seen, go, you can go on YouTube and, and see these Lost Speedway type programs. See stuff, um, by Bob Podcrass on North Wilkesboro. North Wilkesboro was literally left for dead almost 30 years ago. Um, there was a grassroots revival to bring it back in 2010, which I did not attend, um, just because of various things going on in my life. Then um, there was Dale Jr., who, um, along with Marcus Smith, was, you know, brainstormed of the idea of bringing uh, North Wilkesboro to iRacing, and that kind of really started the groundswell that had always been there. Don't get me wrong, this wasn't um, a recent thing. This was a groundswell of um, North Wilkesboro that had been there of trying to get this track back. One of NASCAR's original tracks and a, a track that predates NASCAR itself. So um, we, we get there, um, we go watch truck practice in cup practice, um, truck practice, we were there for Akinori Ogata's um, fuel line, uh, oil line breaking, not fuel line, uh, his oil line busting and causing a small fire underneath his truck. Ogata would be okay, um, but his uh, number 46 Toyota Tundra for GTG racing would be finished. Um, he would not make an attempt at qualifying and would be forced to withdraw. Um, Norm Benning would also suffer some damage in a um, earlier incident um, after making only four laps in practice, and it, he would pretty much see his chances of making um, NASCAR's return to North Wilkesboro all for naught. Um, then we would see cup practice where we would see Daniel Suarez spin in practice, thankfully not hitting anything. Um, remember that name, Daniel Suarez, later on because uh, he, he'll be a he'll, he'll announce his presence over the weekend. Um, but practice, we would see a lot of drivers trying a lot of different lines uh, with different. Uh, different things of experience, uh, rookies, veterans, uh, drivers who have never raced on North Wilkesboro, and some who um, have raced on North Wilkesboro in the past in late models um, over the past week, over the past year, uh, or like Chase Elliott uh, had run at North Wilkesboro the last uh, time they tried to get it up and going again, back in 2010 when he was just a teenager. Uh, so, you know, you had different experience levels, um, you know, rookies, veterans, and all trying to figure out this historic track. Um, then to top that all off, you had the pit crew competition, uh, which D 
the top prize was $100,000 and the pole position for whatever event you were in on Sunday, whether it be the Open or the All-Star Race itself. Um, at the end of the day, it was Ty Gibbs, who is having a very quiet season, um, staying under the radar, uh, who picks up the $100,000 and the pole position for the All-Star Open. Uh, that was that was Friday, and while the hundred thousand dollars and the pole position for the open sounds nice, I I think they should have added a little extra. If you were one of those open teams, this is just my opinion. If you were one of those open teams and you made it into the pit crew competition, you should have been locked into the all star field. But hey, you know. They, they, they're going to make changes to the all-star um, race every year. Uh, this, is, this was just kind of the first thing that, you know, they're trying to find their, their, um, their footing. So, with that said, we move on to Saturday. Uh, Saturday was truck series qualifying, followed up um, by the truck series race, the Tyson 250. Um, I forget who started on the pole for the Truck Series race. I believe it was William Byron uh, driving for Kyle Busch in a, in a reuniting of um, driver and owner because uh, Willie B did drive for um, KBM before moving to the Xfinity Series with Junior Motorsports in Chevrolet. Um, and ironically, that was the one division that William Byron ran in, but failed to win a truck, uh, failed to win a title in his tenure in that series. Now I know he hasn't won one in Cup, but um, I, I don't think we're done seeing him in Cup yet. Trucks, though, um, yeah. So anyway. Um, it was a it was an exciting truck series race. Lots of different lines, lots of different everything. You had your bumps and bangs, including a really hard hit by Dean Thompson uh, after Haley Deegan got into him and put him up the racetrack, only to be clipped by a um, a Chris Wright. Who it was? I, I was. I, I don't know who Chris Wright's spotter is, but they certainly missed telling their driver that um, Dean Thompson was in a wreck and had done that um, because he came up he came up on Thompson's truck pretty quick and clipped the rear end. Um, but that was that was. Uh, the truck series race, then we would have a little bit of downtime where there would be different um, activities and all going on, um, which I'll get into uh, in a few minutes. But then we would um, come back to the track at around 5 o'clock, 5.30, and we would be treated to another historic first, not just a historic first uh, with NASCAR returning to North Wilkesboro, not just um, the All-Star Race and NASCAR's 75th anniversary, but North Wilkesboro would become the first time 
NASCAR in active competition would run the rain tires on an oval. Man, that was something. Um, they would have the rain tires on on a damp North Wilkesboro track, a track that was already tricky enough as it is um, with its worn out uh, surface, but they would um, put these rain tires on for Heat 1. Uh, heat 1, which was started by Daniel Suarez in the number 99 Trackhouse Motorplex Chevy. Um, Daniel would, um, would uh, lead the field there. Um, would give up the lead for a little bit to Chase Elliott before um, getting tires and coming back through the field to win the first of the two heat races for the all-star drivers. Um, we would go to the second race, which um, started with Christopher Busher, and they would start on the on the, I believe they started on the slicks, then went to the wet tires or vice versa. Um, but they would start on one one kind of tire and then go to the, the other. I believe they started on the rain tires, then went to the slicks. Um, but the, um, that was kind of a runaway for Christopher Busher uh, in a field that actually had Drivers like Kyle Larson and um, William Byron and Kyle Busch and all in it. Um, I'll be honest, the first heat with the rain tires was a much better race. Drivers were able to pass. You were seeing a lot more passing uh, in heat one than in heat two. You had more passes for the lead. Uh, but one of the things that was noticeable starting with the truck race, which Kyle Larson won, by the way, in the Spire Motorsports um, HendrickCars.com Chevy that initially Alex Bowman was scheduled to drive before he got injured. Um, we saw in that race and then further cemented in the, especially in race two with the slicks, um, you could get up to the leader, but that clean air was key. Uh, I I really do believe Denny Hamlin's assessment of it, um, that once you got up to the leader and they had that clean air and you, you know, you're tucking in behind them or trying to pass them, um, it, it was really hard with the tires. Um, there was there was not a whole lot of fall off with them. Um, with the rain tires, there was fall off, but um, it made it much easier to pass, to um, to get to cars. It, it made it a more interesting race. So that was Saturday. Sunday, we would um, had some events go on. Um, there were a lot of different things going on at the track, a lot of different drivers uh, out there, and um, and it culminate with the Open, which, as I was talking about the heats, uh, there was a lot in this Open, because these guys had nothing to lose. Obviously, in the heats, you know, you don't want to wreck your car before the, um, before the All-Star Race. These guys really had nothing to lose. Ty Gibbs started up front. Josh Berry started uh, next to him. 
but I think the driver that kind of stole the show in this um, was Michael McDowell in his um, Freight Auctions number 34 car, uh, throwing back to Mark Martin's old Folgers car. And um, he certainly was, was driving like it was still the 90s um, because he was trying to go three wide. He made... He made a couple of successful attempts going three wide at, at early on in the race, um, trying to get up there, get on that wheel. Um, the lead would swap back and forth between um, Gibbs and Barry, uh, especially through pit stops. You would see a lot of that, and uh, eventually, you know. Ty Gibbs, after pitting, would try to come back up through the field, get involved in a in a three-wide battle with Michael McDowell and Justin Haley. McDowell would be bumped. He would spin into Haley, um, pretty much ending their chance of making the All-Star race. Uh, but McDowell would later on repay Gibbs by kind of... Um, putting Gibbs in a bad spot to really gain on the leader of being Josh Berry. And um, Josh would go on to win the All-Star Open, his first win of any type in uh, NASCAR's Cup Series. And, and it might start something good because there's a rumor that Josh Berry... Uh, will be announced this weekend as the new driver of the four car for Stuart Haas Racing. Um, putting together a really young and a very stout stable that I think will be very underrated um, going forward. Um, and you shouldn't. I'm going to say if Josh Berry goes to the four car, you should not sleep on Stuart Haas Racing. I think they will surprise you with the young core of talent that they got with uh, Barry Briscoe. Ryan Priest, and more than likely, if Eric Amarola doesn't return, we'll probably see the return of Cole Custer. Uh, but with that all said, you know, Josh Berry wins. Ty Gibbs would also advance into the All Star race, um, not needing that theoretical um, pit crew competition win that I suggested out there. And um, the 24th driver to make up the field through the fan vote, which was a little bit surprising. I'm not gonna say I was very surprised, but I was just a tiny bit surprised. Noah Gregson um, advances into the field. Those three drivers advancing in, this was their first all-star race, all three all-star rookies. And they all three advance. Uh, another first time thing uh, there. So um, we would go on to the All Star race, uh, which would see Daniel Suarez and um, Christopher Busher lead the field um, in what was a great um, opening ceremony, great driver intros. Um, it was really cool to see the skydivers come down with the American flag and one coming down with a um, Harvick Forever flag uh, through um, SMI. Um, 
in honor of his final all-star race. Uh, not a bad trip for the bonafide Hall of Famer who is making it the final start for him in the number 29 car, the car that uh, he started to drive for Richard Childress Racing after the untimely passing of Dale Earnhardt, um, a number which has been synonymous for many, many of his wins, his lone Daytona 500, uh, and so many firsts that he had in the sport uh, as he helped really um, help an entire sport um, get over, the, not really get over the passing of Dale Earnhardt, but kind of add a little bit of, um, I don't want to say closure, but a little bit of, it's okay, you know, the sport will, will not, I don't want to sound like a dick when I want to say that it that it will survive, but that, that there is hope for the sport. Um, after the passing of Big E, so um, we we get to the race, and um, this is a very uneventful race. We would see a long green flag uh, laps, which are par for the course at North Wilkesboro, which I think a lot of people did not understand, especially newer fans. Um, North Wilkesboro was prone to long green flag laps and just wearing out the field. Um, and Kyle Larson, who started mid-pack, uh, actually in the same row as Harvick, you know, he he took advantage of a early race spin by uh, Ricky Stenhouse to come in and get tires and make adjustments on his car. And after that, his car was like a rocket ship um, blazing through the field, just passing cars at ease. Now, um, compared to Denny Hamlin, who early in the race was just flying through the field, but would get up to leader Daniel Suarez and just not be able to pass him. Um, drivers would come in for a competition caution. Larson, you know, just with strategy had just wore out the field to where nobody could get to him and just dominate the rest of the night. Uh, Bubba Wallace would finish sec uh, would finish second. Tyler Reddick uh, finishing third, which is really good for twenty three eleven racing. And man, it was it was something. Um, so at the end of the night, obviously Kyle Larson wins his third All Star race and the third different track format that he has won this um, million dollars at first being uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway, uh, then two years ago at Texas Motor Speedway, and now at North Wilkesboro. So saying young money knows how to bring bring in the, the payday. It's certainly, um, certainly pretty accurate. So um, with that said, there's a, like I said, there was a lot of stuff that went on over the weekend. Um, obviously Friday with all that getting there. Saturday, um, after truck series qualifying, we were able to go down and see some of the drivers. They were exiting the track before the truck race, before having to come back out. Uh, got to meet Matt DiBenedetto, uh, which was really awesome and very gracious of him. Um, Friday, 
bumped into um, Steve Feltz, president of NASCAR. Uh, he was talking to fans um, in the concourse area uh, along the main grandstand, and the same with Marcus Smith. And Marcus, I will say, was very, very, um, he's very fan-friendly. Fans were coming up. Uh, he was taking selfies with fans and everything else. Um, very, very gracious. Uh, hard to believe that, you know, this is the same guy whose father pretty much had shut down this track and left it to die. Um, very polar opposites, and um, it was really cool. Um, saw Mike Joy um, a couple of times that weekend, but on Friday, and Clint Boyer, probably standing no more than 15 feet away from Clint Boyer as he was getting ready to head up to the booth for um, Cup Series practice. Uh, so then on Saturday, we were in between the truck series race and the, um, and the heats, SMI and North Wilkesboro put on a, a couple of different things. They did some concerts, um, culminating with on Sunday, Dirks Bentley, um, the country singer, but there was a lot going on on there. They had a, uh, Moonshiners and Revenuers reunion um, held right after the truck race and we got there in enough time and I actually had a chance to meet and snap pictures with um, Stephen Wallace and his father Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace um, really great to see them I had met Rusty 20 years ago uh, at Pocono and I met Stephen probably about 15, 16 years ago um, when he first started in the Bush series. So it was great seeing them, great getting to take pictures with them. They were very gracious. And um, another one of my bucket items, which I didn't think would have been possible um, prior to this weekend, was meeting the king himself, Richard Petty. Um, that was certainly something, uh, Richard, obviously, if you're a race fan, Richard Petty is probably one of your heroes, um, and, you know, he is, as much as Dale Earnhardt and Dale Earnhardt Jr., Richard Petty is the face of the sport of NASCAR, um, you know, so much to where even my kids who really don't follow racing know, know who Richard Petty is, uh, you know, whether it's from um, the Cars movies or just because they know the likeness of the hat and the sunglasses, uh, which are the King's trademark, uh, but had a chance to meet and have a picture taken with Richard Petty was certainly an honor that I will actually uh, treasure for, for life. Uh, so we had that, we had, um, on Sunday prior to the, the open, um, the Winston Cup Museum, uh, had a traveling display, which actually, ooh, would actually be, um, they would actually have a signing, not actually be, but they would actually have a signing of uh, 
Bobby and Donnie Allison, two of the main components of that three-person brawl at the end of the 1979 Daytona 500. Um, the, the Daytona 500 that really put NASCAR on the map on a national scale. So we had that. That was certainly something they signed along with Will, Will Cronkite. Um, and that was pretty amazing because if I didn't think I was going to meet Richard Petty at the track, I certainly did not think I would meet Bobby Allison, one of Richard's greatest rivals um, on the same weekend, and another bona fide NASCAR Hall of Famer. Uh, so that was really amazing. Also met Ryan Priest uh, at a signing. Um, got my picture taken with Jeff Hammond as he was kind of hanging out by the Winston Cup um, museum trailer. And um, also bumped into Mike Joy again. Unfortunately, I didn't get a picture of um, Mike Joy, uh, who I really think is probably, since Ken Squire has retired, I think he is has become the voice of um, NASCAR, uh, especially this generation of NASCAR. Uh, so we go through all that, obviously, the all-star race uh, took many, many great pictures, um, which I will post to the Race Nerd page um, here pretty shortly. I had to go through them all. I posted some in um, if for the members of the Racers and Racing Happy Hour group. Um, if you're a member of that group, you've already seen most of those pictures. Um, but I, I was very, very appreciative. Um, not just at all the stuff that had gone on. Not just at Colbert Seagraves, who was there with the uh, Winston Cup Museum. His father, Ralph Seagraves, was uh, the head of Winston Marketing um, back in the early 70s. Uh, that led to the Winston Cup sponsorship and really breathed new life on a national level for Grand National Racing. Uh, so there was uh, there was all those legends, and it wasn't just the legends I met. There were legends on on the stage during the um, the NASCAR Legends reunion, uh, which not only featured. Um, Rusty Wallace and Richard Petty and Jeff Hammond, but also Daryl Waltrip was up on that stage, Richard Childress, Jeff Bodine, who now I'm coming around to the fact that Jeff Bodine might belong in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Um, Harry Gant, who I swear, Harry Gant, the first time I met Harry Gant was almost 30 years ago. Um, 26 years ago, actually, 27 years ago, about a year after North Wilkesboro closed, he, he looks like he has not aged a bit. Rick Mast was there, Humpy Wheeler. I mean, these are our legends of the sport, not just the legends of my time period uh, that I grew up watching this, but these are just legends of the sport itself. Um, Humpy Wheeler, obviously, the the longtime promoter of Charlotte Motor Speedway, uh, and and really the the man who really made.
the Coke 600 something special and really made Charlotte really special. Um, so, you know, it was all cool. Um, and it was a great treat. These were, these were very knowledgeable fans, um, very vocal fans too, um, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, very knowledgeable fans. These weren't, you know, people who just sit on social media. These were fans who not only were knowledgeable on today's racing, um, but had gone back um, numerous years, back to the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Uh, there were people that had become, that had been going to the track uh, since the 60s and 70s that were returning to the track for the first time. They were going as kids, and there they are, gray-haired, and um, they they were just as giddy as I was walking through those gates the first time. Um, got to meet a lot of people. Met a, met a man from, um, for originally from Michigan, who had moved to uh, the North Wilkesboro area. Um... Come to find out that this man, his cousin, was the one and only NASCAR Hall of Famer, um, Benny Parsons, the late Benny Parsons, who um, one of his, his one of his big dying wishes was to see North Wilkesboro come back, and his wife, his widow, Terry Parsons, took it upon herself to help get the community around bringing back North Wilkesboro and after all the hard work that they have done to bring that back uh, it was amazing I'm sure Benny and another Wilkes County native uh, another NASCAR Hall of Famer Junior Johnson were looking down um, to see racing come back home uh, but there was a lot of a lot of fans a lot of fun um, NASCAR uh, the Winston Cup Museum hosted a, um, a throwback day. I unfortunately did not pack any of my pit crew uniforms because I thought it might have been a little hokey. Um, but they had a lot of great ones. Uh, there's pictures on there, which you'll find my dear friend Ed was entered in this competition. I like to joke that he finished fourth and third was the payday. <laughs> so... Um, we had, we had a great time. Like I said, these are very knowledgeable and very vocal fans. Uh, you had certain drivers getting booed. Uh, the obvious ones like Joey Logano and um, Denny Hamlin were booed. Kyle Busch, it was 50-50 on his boos. The same with Kyle Larson, um, you know, because those are two drivers that win a lot. And Kyle, I think he wasn't fully booed out of the building. Um because he's now driving for Richard Childress Racing and RCR. And welcome, welcome to Carolina. Welcome North Carolina is not very far from North Wilkesboro compared to uh, the teams in Charlotte. So it was kind of like a home event for them. Um, but uh, I was very surprised at the boos that Ross Chastain got because he had more boos than cheers. Um, and very, very surprised with the smattering of booze, very vocal smattering of booze that, that we heard for Chase Elliott. Um, now I'm not a Chase Elliott fan, um, 
but I was very, very surprised with this, especially for the five-time um, most popular driver. Uh, so I was very shocked by that. Um, and while I, I kind of expected the booze for Bubba Wallace, I didn't expect fans to be as vocal as they were. Now, Bubba, you know, he's... He, he hasn't really endured himself to the fans, but to the hatred that he, and booze that he got at North Wilkesboro, I mean, it was very overwhelming. And I, and I could see his frustration. I can understand it. I mean, there really was no need for that smattering of booze uh, that he got, nor um, the incident that uh, NASCAR is looking into where somebody hacked his radio late in the race and told them that he does not belong in NASCAR and um, some other choice words. Um, but Bubba is, I will say he's kind of taking it in stride um, with that, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he can embrace that villain persona that a Kyle Busch uh, did for so long, um, complete with the bow, you know, Eventually, in Kyle Busch's case, he was the villain for so long that I think he's starting to become the hero. Um, but it would, this was a, a great weekend. I, I, I look forward to it. It has been the first time I've actually been to a race in a NASCAR-sanctioned race in 10 years. The last time was Eldora uh, in 2013. And the first time I've seen a cup event live in person since 2008, 15 years ago. And man, it, it did not disappoint one bit. Um, so I, 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 I would highly suggest um, if North Wilkesboro comes back next year, which I'm really hoping that it does come back um, and you have the chance, do it. Just do it. It will be worth it. Uh, you will make probably 30,000 new friends. I don't know how many people I thanked over the weekend uh, for helping bring this along uh, from gate people. Um, thanked, I thank Marcus Smith and Steve Phelps, you know, just walking through. And, um, the, the community, the sheriffs, you know, the, the, the security people, the, the concession stand people, the souvenir people, because, I mean, these were people who, you know, while, while we all think SMI and Marcus Smith and Dale Jr., um, the community, you know, just, just the people doing the, you know, the, the stuff behind the scenes or the people that you really don't get a chance to thank, it was, it was so amazing. Um, it, it was a, it was not just a bucket list. It had become a lifelong goal because this was something I wanted to see and experience a person. Not just the all-star race. Take out the all-star race factor. But to say that I went to North Wilkesboro. That I was there when it came back. Uh, was truly a humbling experience. And thank you to everybody involved in that. Uh, just like thank you. Thank you for all the fans of this show. Thank you to Chris O'Mealy. Thank you to Dan Peck. Special thanks to Ed Ballow uh, for, you know, really 
kicking this idea around in your basement in 1996 when we were watching the final North Wilkesboro race and saying, someday, someday, if that track ever reopens, we'll go to it. Uh, we were there when Richmond, re, uh, not Richmond, uh, when Rockingham reopened for the truck race in 2012, and we made it to North Wilkesboro when they returned. Um, so a certain, a very big bucket list item. Now, I have other things on there like the Daytona 500 and eventually the Indianapolis 500, but to me, this actually kind of trumps them both um, because this is that special. This was that close to me. So thank you for everybody for, for listening. And thank you for 100 episodes. Uh, next week, we'll be back with the usual format as it is Racing Christmas. We'll talk the Grand Prix of Monaco. We'll talk um, NASCAR at um, Charlotte Motor Speedway, just an hour and a half away from North Wilkesboro. We'll also talk the 107th. No, not 107. The the Indianapolis 500, um, and we'll we'll talk about everything involved with that. We'll I'm sure we'll dive into Josh Berry and SHR. We'll also dive into Natalie Decker's sponsor for the weekend. And damn, I like that car. I'm not a Natalie Decker fan, but holy Christmas, I love that car. Um, I'll tell you what it is next week. Um, we'll probably be back with Pop Quiznos or another Jimmy John's fast fact from the track. Um, all that and so much more. So here's to another 100 episodes. Uh, I'm Matt Hardman, and I will see you at the track. Goodbye.